If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcasting here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, TJ, we've got a fun two-part shoot-around episode. The first half, we're going to talk about a quote that I absolutely love from Damian Lillard. And the second half, we'll talk about uh, the anxiety that Chris Paul admitted to feeling after going to Houston and causing them to throw up and a lot of other interesting uh, quotes in a uh, interview he did recently but let's talk about Damian Lillard we recorded a while back a shoot around where I commented that I didn't think all championships were created equal right and that we've just put this onus in the pro ranks to get that ring and get it at all costs but for me I'm like you know like I I'd rather have the the joy that a Dirk Nowitzki felt when he won his ring or LeBron when he went back to Cleveland that time that joy and that emotion when you compare that to joining on with the Warriors where you're expected to win and no one's surprised you won and yes you're happy but it's a different level of joy it's a different level of satisfaction and I've been firm on this that not all championships are created equal and the ring is not the end-all be-all but it is the process in it but Damian Lillard recently when speaking with Sports Illustrated's Lee Jenkins had a quote that I absolutely love and um you know, said, I would like to win a championship as bad as anyone, but because of who I am, I'd get a lot more satisfaction if I got it the hard way. If I can't figure it out here and I never win one, then I can live with the effort I put into it. I can live with it. Maybe not happening for me. I'm going to roll with this team regardless of what people may feel about our chances. I'm going to live and die with this. This is my 2018 quote of the year. Mm. Shout out Damian Lillard. Yes. He wants to win it the hard way. He'd get a lot more satisfaction bringing it to Portland than going around chasing the championship just to have that ring at the end of his career. Yeah, that's – well, first of all, I agree with you on that whole thing. I, I don't – I mean, when LeBron went back to Cleveland, I got to admit I did, I did root for him to win it for the city of Cleveland more than anything. He still had Kyrie and – some other guys on that team, you know, to be able to to win it. Whereas he came really close when he was in Cleveland the first time, and it broke my heart when he left there because I thought he was, you know, he'd been to like back-to-back finals, and he was just on the fringe of getting there. And those Miami championships sure didn't feel the same as the other ones, kind of like you mentioned with the Dirk one. Or I think, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he stuck it out. He won it there. He won it with a lot of different pieces. You feel like he's championship. You don't quite feel the same way about some of LeBron's championships and, you know, the way that that's, um, you know, played out. And so they're not all created equal. And and I do like Damian Lillard's uh, quote. I, I love it when a guy stands by a city and it's easy to pull for a guy like that. My only like concern about it is, is just like the game has changed so much. Like it doesn't seem almost like a fair playing field for a guy like Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? Like to to stick it out because at the end of the day, 
you're going to have the Golden States and you're going to have the next mega team with the Houston Rockets and you're going to have the next mega team with Cleveland and they're going to continue to make these mega teams. And, I mean, it, it kind of stinks. I mean, it kind of stinks to have to sit there and watch a guy likely never win one. Um, it, it was different. I felt back when in Jordan's day or Magic or Bird or whatever, this superstar team was not really something that happened. But you also, I'm also kind of getting to the place of like understanding when a superstar teams up with other superstars, because there's three or four other superstar teams in the league, and it's like, man, it's just kind of what you got to do to win a championship. I mean, I, I, I get that, and you know, and, and it makes sense, right? Um, I just, I, I feel like it wouldn't be that way if there were more players like Damian Lillard, right? Like if if there were more Damian Lillard mentalities. Maybe there wouldn't be these three-person, four-person superstar teams. Or if there was an NFL mentality where things were evened out, or we go back to my slotting players idea where it's there's a $100 million salary cap, right? And you can have one player for $30 million, one for 25 one for 15 one for you know, And then I think it would balance things out. But as long as they're going to be able to uh, operate the way they're operating right now, I, I, I don't think we're going to get away from these you know three superstars per team having a chance to win it which is fine and and damien saying if my organization puts me in that position then so be it right if if you know but i'm not going to go thirsting the league to try to chase and be like which guy can i piggyback and ride their coattails into the championship he doesn't want to do that he you know and and i get it right like yes he'd find satisfaction in you know the championship on that situation but he's basically saying i will end my career with a an asterisk next to my name and either way it's either going to be one that asterisk never won a championship or it'll be an asterisk that says won a championship only when he joined up with so-and-so and he's basically saying i'd rather finish with an asterisk that says no championship and run the risk which is keep in mind it's a risk that if i do win a championship it will be so much greater than anything I ever could have experienced. So he's putting all his chips in that possibility, which I love, right? And I think that's what you should do, right? Because let's be honest, if he wins a championship in Portland, if that were to happen, it will be far greater than any experience he will ever experience in the NBA in any other city. And he will be crowned and looked upon in favor in Portland Bigger than anyone. Like, I mean, he will have made his mark. John Wall, very similar in D.C., deciding to re-up in D.C. Almost, I'm going to live or die in D.C. and try to bring it home. And if he does, savior. Sports savior. I, I mean, look, yeah, it, it, you know, when he's done and he looks back on it, hopefully he's really satisfied with that. And, and I agree with you. I love the quote, and I hope that he is really satisfied with that. But... I'd love to ask a guy like Carl Malone and people like that, you know, are you okay with it, you know, that you, you, you stay with the Jazz? You didn't Because let's be honest about it. I mean, we look at a guy like Carl Malone, I think, as a second-tier superstar, right? Now, if he won two championships there, I don't know if we'd look at him as a second-tier champ, you know, kind yeah, of but, Yeah, but he'd be a second-tier champion if he went to play power forward on the Bulls, right? If he left Utah, went to pa- – Chicago and joined Jordan and Pippen and played a role on that. I think we'd look at him the same as a second tier second tier yeah, guy. Yeah, like it, it wouldn't have elevated. What elevates it is him having brought it to Utah himself. Let's say Dwayne Wade doesn't win that championship in Miami. Okay, before LeBron gets there, 
I mean, even then he had Shaq, and they brought some guys in, right? And but, but he didn't go chasing. But he, yes, okay. But let, let's just say that he didn't. Um, but or let's just even say that he did. Like Dwayne Wade's been a great player, right? But if he didn't have Shaq, I don't think he wins one. If LeBron and them don't come there, I don't think he wins one, right? Like he kind of teamed up a little bit, and those. Would we be looking at him as the top 50 greatest ever? Would we be looking at him that way? Or is he just Damian Lillard who stayed in the city and didn't, didn't win it? Hard to say. You know, it's, it's hard to say. I just I admire individuals with this mindset. I think, I think you, you're, you're rolling the dice on your own legacy, right? And, and I like to see that gamble. Kevin Durant, listen, he's going to end his career with, with a couple rings. But, I mean, is he going to have the legacy in Golden State? that he even remotely could have had in Oklahoma City? Absolutely not. He was a piece of the puzzle. They had championships before he got there, right? But what he could have done in Oklahoma City would have been... Or could not have done. That's the gamble. Yeah. And that's why I think you make the gamble because the the positive... I mean, it's a, I mean just like any gamble, right? You, you're taking a risk, TJ. But if you get it, you will be on iconic level. We... Took this team from the the start, literally in Oklahoma City. Built it ourselves. We did this for the city. I took a franchise on my back. Those are the drop the mic type conversations in the NBA superstar circles. Yeah, so so that's the drop the mic, right? So there's almost not. Three oh, levels. I've won two rings, but uh, I, had to I agree with you. I agree. It's with dropping you, but the mic. There's three levels. You know, there's three levels to this. Like if he. Stay with OKC and won the championship. Iconic. Iconic. Okay. If he stays and doesn't win, great player. Right? Then there's that middle level. I mean, he did. He has championships. You can't take that away from him. And he's a great player. Now he becomes, you know, above, probably not iconic, but he also becomes above that great player of of Carl Malone and people like that. Here's the deal. My thought on that. You're right. There are three levels, right? First of all, that third bottom level at OKC that you just referenced, still not bad. Let's not pretend. Still not bad. Still a good life. Still a good career, right? Yes, maybe you get knocked in the championship conversations with your buddies, but still really, really good. But but that top level, in my opinion, is so much higher than that middle level that I think it's worth the risk. I think it's worth the gamble. I think it's at such a higher level. And you know what? I, I think you're going to look back and in a player circle, I, I think people are going to respect Damian Lillard in those conversations. I think I they'll yeah, look at it and I they'll mean, respect and they'll be like, you know what? But hey, he went down swinging. He's, I he's, wish that was true. You know, I, I mean, I really do. I wish that that was a true statement, but I don't know. Do, do, you, do you not look at Clyde Drexler and Carl Malone a little bit different? Then you look like I mean I think Charles Barkley I I get it yeah I mean those guys like I think all three of those guys Patrick Ewing look uh, look I think all of those guys were as good or better than Scottie Pippen in my opinion but I think Pippen has an elevated status from those guys because he's won those championships it's a fun conversation love to hear what you think as you're listening let's take a quick halftime break with our friends over Team Snap we'll jump into the second half afterwards. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. Today we're going to be talking about closing the loop. This week when you're communicating, make sure you are communicating everything you want and exactly how you want it, leaving no room for interpretation. 
completely close the loop on your communication. More often than not, we only communicate bits and pieces and we leave a lot for interpretation. That can be a scary proposition when dealing with younger athletes. So this week, make sure you are thorough with your communication and close the entire loop so there is no miscommunication on the other end. Thanks to our friends at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe. That's teamsnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, as we jump into the second half of our shoot around here, I want to reference an interview recently that Chris Paul did. He talked about the anxiety he felt after the trade to Houston. And he kind of admits, you know, he's like, everyone always thinks athletes got it all together and they've got the good life and and nothing bothers them. And uh, he says, quote, that's a lie. He goes, I was throwing up at a photo shoot. I was out there taking pictures, Chris Paul said. And I was like, give me one second, boom, ran out, threw up, came back, ran out again, threw up again, and acted like he just had to take a phone call. But he was actually throwing up during this photo shoot, and he says, because the anxiety of knowing there was a change that was coming was weighing on him. He said he'd been living in L.A. for the past six years, and the decision that he had made was not only going to affect him, but his family, his kids, his everyone around him, and that it was a huge decision and weighed on him significantly to the point of throwing up from anxiety. And I, I thought that was pretty, uh, you know, I, I appreciated him sharing that. You know, I thought yeah. it was very genuine, very authentic. Uh, he was obviously being very transparent. And, you know, I think with with this and you combine it with, you know, Coach Lou in, in Cleveland taking a hiatus, you know, because he was just dealing with a lot of stress and he wasn't sleeping right and things were kind of weighing on him. And Kevin Love recently released a, you know, a piece through Players Tribune talking about his mental health and some of the things he was, he's been challenged with. And, you know, I think it's a reminder that we need to be really careful at, at how high of a pedestal we put some of these athletes, right? And remember that they are just regular people and, and they deal with challenges and struggles and, you know, Yes, they make a lot of money, but there's a, there's a lot of realness within our NBA players. Yeah, you know, I think you can also dummy that down just to normal people. You know, like, I'll, for instance, I think a lot of times I hear people give me really nice compliments, you know, and I'm, I'm slow to take them, you know, in because if people knew, like, the whether you're winning or losing, like, there's the, the feelings that the, the actual person has, you know, like, there's a lot of times I feel... Um, not good enough as a coach. There's a lot of times where I feel like a failure. There's a lot of times where I feel like I'm not having enough impact. And I think all of us, to some degree, have those feelings. And I think they're human beings. The pro players, they're, they're human beings. But I, I promise you there's a high school coach listening to this that won a state championship, but last year only won 18 games and feels like a complete failure. And they're struggling for a little bit of identity. And, and vice versa, there's a coach that hasn't been to that place and struggling for identity because they can't find a way to win or whatever it might be. I think all people are at the end of the day just real and money doesn't hide that and fame doesn't hide that. Like if you were to lock that person in a room by themselves and get their true feelings out at the end of it, no matter how many uniforms they put on or you know what dress or what suit or whatever, like we all just got feelings at the end of it. And if we were all being transparent, like, 
like he was or like Kevin Love was. Like we've all got some pretty significant gaps in our own life and our own feelings. It's been a pretty big year on the NBA front of players being vulnerable to their fan base, sharing things that they never otherwise would have or that they've always kept to themselves. You know, the thought of uh, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers having to take a hiatus because of stress, head coach having to take a break because of stress and a lack of sleep. You don't hear about stories like that in the past. You know, Kevin Love talking about some of his stuff. And, you know, I think for us, you know, as fans and admirers of these individuals, you know, taking taking it in and recognizing that, you know, they've got families, they've got struggles, they've got challenges, and, and not, you know, crushing them on social media and not, you know, yelling obscenities during games and, and – recognizing that yes these guys are regular people mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's hard you i think a lot of times and i know i'm guilty of this like i i, I kind of excuse the things i may think because like well i'm sorry it's hard on you chris paul but for 200 million dollars i'll take your problems you know that's a kind of a natural feeling for people right you know like i mean it, it, a lot of us would love to have the choice between staying in our hometown for 150 million or going to Houston for 200 million and I think that's where some of the sensitivity is lost right because we think well at least you had the choice to stay where you wanted to and make a great living there's a lot of people in this world that don't have that choice to go move their family they have to do it to get a job they have to do it because the army moved them there they have to do you know and so I think they're they're not that that's right for us to feel that way but there are some real feelings on the other end of it as well that make you think, well, gosh, you know, I feel bad that, you know, your, your, your kids did have to move, but you at least had the choice on whether they had to move or not. I think I just enjoy hearing all this just as a reminder that there's a human element still involved in these sports, yeah. right? Like, I mean, you watch such the, the cutthroat nature of, of professional sports here today, fired tomorrow, you know, and this guy gets traded and just shipped out and you think, man, this is cold hearted. Right, and, and that they're just a bunch of robotic individuals who's going from one city to the next. But you hear this, and you know, I think back to Isaiah Thomas and the emotion that he felt and the anger and frustration and the tears that he shed when Danny Ainge traded him, you know, and how upset he was. You know, you, you're reminded that, oh, you know, there are, man, there are real feelings. I remember the J.J. Reddick podcast when he talked about his whole free agency and he, he documented it and all the conversations between he and his wife and his wife's sister, you know, they have family in Brooklyn and they have a house in Brooklyn and they were exploring Brooklyn to be around uh, his wife's sister who could help with the baby. And they're having, I mean, like thinking about all these dynamics and he was really struggling, you know, and where to go and, you know, having to move again and just all these different dynamics. And then he ended up taking, uh, you know, a situation in Philly where he's actually commuting a lot of times back from New York to Philly on the train, right? So he can keep his family in Brooklyn. Hearing these human elements, I've enjoyed over this past year, and I feel like it's been amplified. You're hearing a lot more of it now than you once were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, that Players' Tribune kind of contributed a lot to it, where your players are more often sharing their feelings on why they moved, why they left, and they're having to justify it more, I think, to to the public. We're having to, to listen as to, as to their whys, and they're using that platform they have to share their whys and and uh, what they're doing, I, you have to be very careful about that too, because a lot of times when they write those those uh, letters, I think a lot of us are thinking in terms of like, well, if I could write this letter, I wouldn't feel that sorry for myself, you know. So it's just, and, and that makes sense to me too. But it is um, 
it is it is it is true that they all do have those feelings and if we knew them as people we probably would feel different but we're removed from them because all we know is the persona of who they are on the court or in the media and so then it's easier for us not to feel some of the things that they're saying or or relating to but uh but if we were to to step back from it i think we could probably put ourselves in their shoes we'd say that that move thing's not so easy even if the money is great Mm -hmm. absolutely well said listen let us know your thoughts on today's topic we'd love to hear it you can tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle i'm your host adam bradley alongside tj rosine till next time we're out